0: Welcome to the Lovecraft Tales, a brief fictional interlude to tide you over until the next episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Enjoy. Fred hurries away from the library with a quartet of books under his arm. Three of these are about gardening, soil erosion, and water tables, what he calls nightstand material. The susurration of dry, scientific text that will surely lull him to sleep while reading in bed. But the fourth book is different. He will read that as soon as he is home, and it is one that will assuredly not make him drowsy. He strolls along the sidewalk, carefully inspecting the alleyway between the drugstore and the five-and-dime as he passes. It is narrow, dark, and empty. Perfect. Smiling, he continues the walk home. It has been an exciting few days in Arkham. The Ryan Davies case was interesting to begin with, but now that Roy Arroyo is actively investigating, Fred's curiosity is further piqued. Ah, but he calls you Petunia, the voice whispers in the back of his mind. Not Fred, Petunia, like a little flower. Fred grins, but only in his imagination. Outwardly, he is the same stoic senior citizen who enjoys planting flowers and making small talk. But inside, oh, inside, that grin is stretching wider and wider, further and further, his eyes bright with glee above the black hole of his mouth. "'Let him call you what he likes,' the voice continues. "'It won't much matter in the end.'" A block ahead, he sees old widow Allen exit the craft shop, bag-loaded with brightly colored yarn. It is too late to duck into another store. She has spotted him and waits patiently for his arrival. Fuck, he thinks, and it is his voice, not the other. When he is close, the old broad begins her pleasantries, as she always does. "'Good day, Frederick. You are looking well.' Her glaucoma-misted eyes squint at him, seeking purchase on his wrinkled face like a spider monkey clambering up a tree. He can feel her scrutiny. It makes his nose itch. Hi, Gladys. Doing some wool-gathering, I see. He points to the yarn. She acts surprised to find Skines poking out from the plastic sack on her arm. Oh, my. Why, yes, yes, I do have one or two projects in the works. Always. She smiles up at him her yellow teeth like rotting gravestones in the spoiled earth of her blackened gums. Idle hands and all that! He is suddenly assaulted with an image of himself creeping behind her easy chair while she's knitting away in front of the fireplace, wrapping the yarn several times around her soft throat and pulling tighter and tighter until no words or breath were allowed to escape ever again. And then, for good measure, "'jamming the knitting needles deep into her dead eyes. "'Fred felt his lips curling up in amusement. "'Something funny?' she asked, watching him intently. "'I was just thinking about the devil,' he replied, still grinning. "'Beck your pardon?' "'A divot appeared on her brow to indicate confusion. "'Idle hands,' he said. "'You mentioned him yourself.' "'Then he laughed out loud a short guffaw snort "'that startled the both of them.' she clutched her purchased yarn closer. Well, I must be off. Good day, Frederick. Without waiting for acknowledgement, she scurried away more quickly than seemed possible at her advanced age. He shrugged, the smile slipping off his face like a mask he no longer cared to wear, then resumed his walk home. As he passed the Davies' house, a peculiar thrill tickled the base of his spine. Naughty stuff had gone on in there, he knew. Really naughty stuff. He recalled leaning at his open window at night frequently during the past month, listening. Even before the naughty stuff began, he had felt the change coming like the charged air before an electrical storm. The smell of copper, the promise of screams wafting. Anticipation nearly did him in, but then it did finally begin, and it was much more satisfying than he could have hoped. Sad that Ryan had been arrested, it meant the end of Fred's front-row seat to a private show. Now, he'd have to rub shoulders with the rest of the public in order to witness the sordid finale. Patience, the voice assured. More fun to come. He unlocked his door, slipped inside, then deadbolted the steel-reinforced portal behind him. Home again, home again. Jiggity-jig. Giggling, he sauntered into the kitchen. Tossed the books onto the table, then began to undress. As his shit stained underwear fell to around his ankles, he threw his arms into the air and allowed himself the momentary illusion of an erection. Stiff, proud, dangerous, pointed heavenward like a holy weapon. His penis, of course, hadn't moved of its own accord in nearly a decade, but imagination can trump the pitiful physicality of the real world. Besides, he knows, There are other worlds than this pathetic playground of lost souls. He opens the fridge and brings out a platter of meat, peeling back the plastic wrap which keeps it as fresh as possible. It faintly resembles a puppy that went missing from the Anderson's yard about eight days ago, if that puppy had been stripped of fur and then deep-fried in duck fat. Fred plucked a hind leg, wrenching the bone out of its socket with a grinding twist before putting the rest of the meat back into the refrigerator. Munching happily at the cold, tender flesh, Fred sat naked at the kitchen table and cracked open the special book acquired at the library without anyone knowing he'd taken it from the special collection's basement. The strange foreign symbols glowed on the page, burning the back of his eyes, igniting fires in his brain. He understood not a single word, but it made all the sense in the world.